Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Good, not bad, yeah. Um, got a little bit of a cough going on, so uh, apologies for that, but uh, we we should be able to get through the podcast fairly nicely. Uh, what have you been playing with in the last week? Uh, I've had a chance to play a good number of games. It's... Uh... The time of year where I lived, where the weather weather just really, really sucks. So in the past week, we've yeah. gone from having a high of 12 to having a high of 40, and then we're going back down to 12 within the next couple of days. And it's been snowing and raining off and on in between that whole time. So the weather is absolutely miserable, but that's just an excuse to stay in and play more games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been still plowing through uh, Fallout 76. Uh, they've patched it enough to where I would call it a playable game. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of the no NPCs things. I think they made a major mistake on that. Um, it, it was interesting in the Angry Joe video that I referenced last week because um, I hadn't actually properly seen gameplay and he showed enough gameplay to where I understood some more of it. And yeah, the world's basically just very empty, isn't it? It's not got any like characters around. Well, I mean, there's there's robot NPCs. When right. I say there's no NPCs, there's no human NPCs, but there's like vendor bots and all the quests are either given through like the, the bots or the holotapes. And so there's enough of a story that it's playable and they fixed a good number of the bugs to where that's playable. But still that decision, you know, I would have loved to have been anywhere near Bethesda early on and just be like, no, you know, you're, you're trying to sell two different experiences I would, honestly, I would have been happier if they had just made like Fallout 76 as a single player game, but then had the ability of other players to come into your game, uh, like they did with State of Decay 2. I think they would have gone over much better, and they would have had a much easier time with the hardware and with the coding on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to give them, you know, any breaks for launching a, a broken game. I mean, right. it's like I've said several times, you know, a broken game can always be made into a fixed game, but a bad launch is always going to be a bad launch. Yeah, and if they'd have launched it as it is, past to this date and launched it in January, they would have had a much better reception. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't even the fact of just launching with a bad game; it's the other mistakes that they made, like the uh, support ticket stuff and the bags and the four to six month thing. And yeah, it very much became the snowball rolling down the hill. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, cool. Um, what else? I've been playing some Overwatch, um, so if you ever want to get your comp rating lowered, just find me and get me on a team, because no matter where I go, I get put on a team of just absolute nutters that don't know what they're doing, and I think I'm 2-27 and since finishing the initial 10 to get my rating, and that's not even hyperbole. I finished my, you know how you do the initial 10 matches and they give you a rating? Yeah. Um, I finished the 10 matches, my rating was 2475. And I think the last check that I had, my rating was 1830. So that's how much I've dropped just playing Overwatch. Okay. I like, um, I like some of the challenge with Overwatch when like you come across a ridiculously good team and it seems like all of their six characters are like undefeatable. Um, and then you get this challenge of like, okay, I've got what is it, 25 characters they, they have now? 26? I can't remember. Or it's 20. like upwards of 40 almost. No, characters in the uh, in the game. I think. Yeah, like... I mean it, it's close. To, it's got to be close to forty because hmm. they have three full bars on, and they've introduced 
at least three that I've been paying attention to okay. since then. So and, and then yeah, when you scroll between them and you're like, there's gotta be someone here that I can use that I can get on with and like break through the team in some way, but it, uh, you can get caught in that sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's none of that. It's it's literally no coordination. It's healers running in and trying to bit people. Yeah, yeah, because the healer will take out a take out a tank just by running, screaming at him, going ah, la, la, ah! you know, that'll <laughs> that'll take him out. That'll take out Reinhardt's shield. Yeah, it's fun. But I still play it because it's fun. Yeah, it is a fun game. Yeah, um, and I, I've played Overwatch for that as well, not just for the case of like, can I win and stuff, but like, hey, these characters are really fun, and I just want to get in there and see how well I can do and stuff. Um. It's the case as well of uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, when you when you go in there and you basically try and uh, yeah, just just sort of break the line of of their defense with uh, different types of characters and um, just wonder who who you can use and stuff. It's uh, it's quite good. Um, cool. What else have you been playing? The other game is something I'd never heard of and came completely out of nowhere. Hmm. Uh, they actually made a game based off of the Amazon uh, Prime TV show, The Grand Tour. Yeah, they did. Uh, for those people that don't remember, The Grand Tour is what came about after Clarkson had that uh, row with somebody on the staff at uh, Top Gear mm-hmm. and got fired, and then Hammond and May promptly quit in protest. Uh, that's one of those things you'll never know who's in the right, who's in the wrong, but when you, you've got a cast of you know three on-screen uh, talents, and you fire one and the other two promptly quit, you tend to lean towards it not being the on-screen talent's fault. Either that or just absolute loyalty, which in either case I can respect. Mm-hmm. And so they made the Grand Tour, which is kind of their version of Top Gear for Amazon. Well, a game came out for that uh, earlier this week, and I'd never heard of it, and I checked it out. And it's an inexpensive game, too. It was only 15 bucks U.S. I'm like, okay, I'll give this huh. a try. Okay. And the game is very much just a big, wet, sloppy kiss to the fans of the TV show. Because the way they have it set up, it's a racing game, so you're racing cars. Uh, but it's basically episode interactive gaming episodes of the TV show. In each section of the game is the episode from the first two seasons. And you'll watch some of you know the, the preamble stuff. And then when it gets to the point to where you actually have the cars racing on screen, you take over and you're one of the cars. Okay. So you're driving along, and it's all their uh, voiceover work, all their stuff. And you can tell they're just having fun with it because you're watching the the, the TV part of the game, and you can hit the button to skip it, and it'll just have uh, audio while your ship is like, Somebody's like, come on, come on, or let's go, let's hurry up, while, while it's skipping the video. And then there's actually achievements for skipping the video so many times and watching the video so many times. So it's just one of those, they don't take it too seriously, they're just having fun. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like I said, it's a cheap game. So, you know, if you're a fan of racing games, this is a really easy and expensive one to get into. And it's not arcadey, it's not a, you know, super accurate, super serious, it's very arcadey without being like completely goofy. So it's a very easy entry level into our um, racing on consoles. Cool. Um, so how are the three guys presented? Is it like live action recorded stuff or uh, what is it? Well, everything that they shot for the TV show yeah. is basically just that video. It's kind of like okay. how so uh, use the same Quantum footage. Break. Yeah, they're just using that footage. It's like how Quantum Break basically made episodes for the in-game cutscenes for that. Uh, it's basically that. Okay. Cool. And then the racing is just the audio, so you just hear, you know, the three main stars talking back and forth. 
Right, right. Um, yeah, maybe it could be Amazon kind of dipping their toes into games in some way. Well, well we've talked about that before. I mean, Amazon yeah. does own Twitch, and they do offer free games through Twitch Prime, yeah. so this is just another test market for them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows what we could see from them. They have a lot of money, so... They, oh, yeah. They, yeah. There's been a joke running around that Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon, all three of those companies have enough money to air-condition hell if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. What else have you been playing? That's really it. I mean, work's keeping me super busy, but, you know, I'm staying home on the weekends and just playing all that stuff. Nice. Um, so I, uh, just like you, discovered a game... Uh, this week, um, it's called Uncanny Valley. I'd heard of the name before, but I never actually knew what it was because I literally just never looked it up or never really seen it. But I'd heard people bring it up before. Uh, I was scrolling through the sales on the Switch store, and uh, you know, games in there are between well, the cheapest one I've seen is like 89 pence, <laughs> which is less than a pound. Uh, and then you know, some games like 15, 20 pounds. It depends what you're looking at. If you're looking at Uncanny Canny Valley, which was four pounds something. Or you're looking at FIFA 19, which is like £30. There's a difference in the sales, obviously. But um, it, it, I, I found a sort of spot where it, um, what's it, it kind of started showing me some more indie stuff. And I started to pick up where some of these games are actually going. Because I knew that there was a lot of the uh, nindies out there um, and stuff. But I never really just knew where they were or where to find them. And there's no section sort of dedicated or whatever so um yeah i was just scrolling through i did buy another game i can't remember the name of it but i haven't started the other one um but yeah uncanny valley is basically where you're playing as this guy and it's simple like um 2d left and right navigation is very flat um you're given this torchlight i didn't uh, know how to use the torchlight until a bit into the game but you basically just press the left button uh so on, on switch as well um, and basically you have this situation where you've got two, I don't know if you'd call them timelines, but one where you're in the actual real world and you're doing your job and stuff, and one world where you're in your, like, dream state where these zombies are coming after you, and every now and then, I think if you go, like, down the wrong direction or something like that, this, like, big crowd of, uh, black zombies, um, all sort of merge together or whatever and come after you and you basically can't escape from it. Um, and the first two or three times I saw that I thought well I can't get away from this because it keeps us kind of coming out of nowhere so um but I think you're supposed to get caught by it I'm not sure exactly how the dream parts work but um in the real world parts of it you're basically doing this security job and uh because your character is working the night shift that's where you have to start using the torch and basically if you've got the torch on the left or the right you literally can't see the other side because the screen is so because it's you know three four in the morning or whatever in the in game time and uh you can't see the scenes obviously because it'll be pitch black at that point um but basically you get the the simple little i got as far as um what was it when you have to go to your room get changed into your shift uh like clothes for your work you go back and then you have to navigate to the other building um and all this time there's like this creepy sort of quiet sort of slow horror music playing which get which i kept thinking like okay these zombies gonna come out in this part of the world because at the start of the game it gives you all these controls and says like hey this is how you switch weapons and aim and shoot and i haven't gotten to any of that yet but i'm just kind of ready for that stuff to sort of come up because uh who knows i could walk into a room pick up a gun and then the zombies could start coming i'm not sure but uh i think i'm in the basic uh kind of early stages of it where i'm getting introduced to what this character is doing and everything 
and uh, basically just did the first sort of little work shift that you do with with the character. So that was interesting as well. Um, but no, it, it's something for me to kind of drop in and drop out of when, whenever I sort of feel like it, and it's on the go as well. So yeah, I'm going to keep trying to look for these little uh, indies and stuff. I'm going to try not to buy too many at once, because I want to sort of, you know, buy one, finish it, and then buy uh, go on to another one, so to sort of pace things out that way. But um, you said you you didn't ha- you haven't heard of the game either. I mean, I've heard of the yeah. game. I never had a chance to really play it, because mm-hmm. it isn't anything that really would fall in my wheelhouse, so... Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a Switch exclusive or if it is one of the indie games, but it's certainly an indie game on the Switch. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if it's a indie per se. Um, but yeah, they seem to be on there, and I'll keep having a look and keep seeing what I can find. So um, I'm also jumping, but be- I was also jumping between that and Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, which I actually got to quite a difficult part of. Um, but I've basically been jumping between those two and played a small amount of Fortnite this week. Uh, but I'm basically as ready for um, Resident Evil on Friday. So um, that should be some fun as well. Uh, of course I did do the um, one shot demo, the 30 minute demo uh, on uh, the website as well. So you can, you guys can check that out if you want to see it. And a lot of you did check that out. So uh, thank you very much for, for doing that. Because um, of course I do see the numbers and see what's popular and what's not. So uh, but yes, quite a few of you is probably our most checked out Let's Play. Uh, which is quite nice as well. So that was good. Um, I think that's all the stuff that we've been playing. Uh, let's move on to, yeah, speaking of content, let's move on to the housekeeping and everything. Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters, capsules and more, get started today. All you need to do is click on the Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus link in your show notes or description on iTunes or on the website. Go over to her Facebook profile send her a facebook message and get started with the program today today's second sponsor is kualu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to kualu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today with kualu Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so this week on Entertainment Talk, uh, we launched another podcast. Uh, it was available today on the iTunes Store. It got accepted uh, earlier today, and it's available on there now for you guys to, to check out. I do need to add it to the iTunes list feed, but I will probably do that after this pop- uh, podcast gets published. Um, so look out for that. It's for True Detective, the HBO and Sky Atlantic series. Uh, it's had three episodes so far, and basically what happened was I didn't do a season preview or anything like that. And I jumped in with episodes 1 and 2 as an Entertainment Talk TV episode. So one of the more sort of casual uh, episodes I do. I also did some Game of Thrones talk in the first two episodes. 
because uh, there was the teaser trailer that came out last week. Uh, but episode three, uh, three came out this week, and I just saw a lot of people talking about it, and it encouraged me to kind of jump in and do it as a uh, as a full podcast series. So it's called uh, Detective Talk. It's out on iTunes and uh, should be on Android services, although Android is very awkward. I'm going to submit it to uh, Spotify as well. Uh, Spotify is actually very, very quick at uh, accepting feeds and stuff like that, so that should be out there by the end of the day as well, uh, by the time you listen to this, or, or check out for it soon on, on Spotify. Um, but yeah, that's going to be pretty fun to do as well. Are you are you watching True Detective? Uh, I can't. That's not on a service that I can watch. So. Oh, okay. Um, did you have HBO through Hulu in some kind of way or is that for every now and then hbo will do like a free weekend on hulu okay i mean i can buy it but it's 15 bucks a month and that's just not something i want to spend money on right now Mm -hmm. it's literally the same cost as if you were going to buy it on the hbo now service so okay that's their uh, app isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah what's the difference between going now hbo going now I think now is for the people that subscribe to HBO through like a cable package service, and then uh, Go is for people that don't have cable but still want HBO stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, the podcast is out for there for episode three as well, which I did, did this week. Uh, I've also updated the schedule, which has got Star Trek and uh, True Detective on there now as well, uh, with all the categories and everything linked in there nicely as well, so that's updated. Uh, what else did we do this week? Uh, another bunch of uh, PSVR videos that I posted this week. Uh, I think it was either four or five for the second post. They're all embedded within that post as well, so you can check those out. And there's not really any spoilers in anything. It's like Astrobot and Tumble, so not really any spoilers in there for anything. Uh, the the previous one was like the London Heist stuff and all that, so uh, that's out there for you guys to check out as well. Um, what else did we do? Uh, yes, uh, later this week, uh, we have unfortunately got the season finale for The Good Place for, uh, season three. Uh, so that will be concluding. It usually comes back around September. It did last year anyway, so I'm expecting September, October, you know, fall, fall kind of time or autumn in, in the UK. Uh, but it's been a very, very good season so far, and you can check out my review on Friday. Uh, last week, Star Trek Discovery came back for season two, uh, which I saw a lot of people talking about, which is very good. Um, some people have some particular complaints about the episode, which I'm going to address and give my opinion on for episode 2, because I have kind of a very different opinion. But uh, Discovering Star Trek is out there for you guys to uh, listen to at the moment. So that's on the CBS All Access and Netflix in the UK next day uh, on Friday. So Good Place and uh, Star Trek are both on Fridays. Good Place is for one more week. Um, and yeah, that's roughly what we've got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Um, let's move into the news that we have. So I know you've got a bunch of stuff and I've got one thing. Um, so I'm going to go first with mine. Uh, EA has cancelled another Star Wars game. This broke, I think, the day after we recorded last week. It came out on, what was it, Thursday? I think the news the news broke. Yeah, news. really close to when we did our last <laughs> recording. Yeah, yeah. I remember when... Um, 
What was it? We, we was doing the middle of an iZombie season and we'd literally finished recording and then they renewed the show. So these things can happen. We don't know when things will get announced. So, uh, But if, you, if you're wondering which one this is because there's a few Star Wars games in development, this is the one that Amy Henning was doing at Respawn. Uh, if you guys remember, Amy did leave uh, Respawn. I can't remember where she said that she went, but she's, uh, was it a new studio or something that was reported months and months ago when she left? But uh, Respawn hasn't been shut down. What the case is, is that I think Respawn's still open, but the Star Wars game that they were making has been cancelled. Uh, if you guys are wondering if this is the Fallen Order game, which was very awkwardly announced on in the crowd at E3 last year when Andrew and Renee interviewed that guy. Uh, it's not that game uh, that's been developed by some someone else. It's not Bioware. No, Bioware's doing uh, Anthem, aren't they? Um, mm -hmm. someone else is doing the Fallen Order. That game, as we know, is still in development. Is is that supposed to be out this year? The Fallen Order. I think I, so. it's been rumored like at the end of the year, but nobody's really confirmed a confirmed a release date. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, E three is coming in what six months or so, so we should hear some more from that. Uh, so EA did release a statement. I didn't write any of it down because it's all you know buzzword protection stuff of like, hey, we're doing this and that and whatever. Um, one of the things they did say though is that they've got another open world game which is in development for 2020 which I don't think anyone knew that much about until they announced this so basically it was their way of saying hey don't worry about this cancelled Star Wars game we have another one coming out next year so um, and there's been a lot of videos that people have made about like you know the bad history of EA and Star Wars um, what do you think of the situation? Well, it's one of those things that they've got probably one of the most marketable IPs of any computer franchise oh, yeah. ever, and they don't have any idea what to really do with it. Um, I mean, that's outside of half-making games and then canceling them. Yeah. Um, but past that, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, I'm sure there's reasons for why they do what they do, but mm -hmm. I'll be damned if I have any idea what that reason is, so... Right. Um, what's your excitement level for the Fallen Order? I mean, we don't know much about it at all, really. Pretty much none. Yeah. I mean, there's not really enough of it to justify, you know, having that much excitement for it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how big of a Star Wars fan are you, in general? Ah, medium. Yeah. I mean, I like the franchise. I'm not a big fan of the prequels. I think they're just terrible writing. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's fans, trust me. That's one thing I've learned is you, you get anything, no matter how bad it is, there's fans. Right. Um, I mean, hell, there's fans of that uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, and that thing is just beyond god-awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm about in the same. I'm like, you know, I, I have little bits of merchandise here and there, but I'll, I'll see the films. I haven't seen any of the Rebel stuff or Clone Wars stuff. Have you seen any of that, the, the cartoon things? No, but those are on channels that I don't have, so... Yeah, it's like the Disney XD or, or something, I think, that they, uh -huh. they have, yeah. Uh, they had another one come out called The Resistance, I think. It came out on Disney XD over here. David uh, watched it, but I, I didn't manage to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, because they have a 10-year contract with, their, with Disney, don't they? For 2013 to 2023. And uh, so we're, what, we're halfway through that contract now? And they've made battle two basically online shooters, which are essentially the same, but basically they just both had different problems. One being 
you know, the first game didn't... Uh, I, did that have microtransactions, the first one? I remember it was the big thing with the season pass, because, like, half the game was locked behind the season pass, which was, like, the price of a full game. So it ended up... Yeah, pushing... it never had microtransactions, but it did have uh, the season pass, which yeah, cause the wound game... up killing it. Yeah, the game was $60, and then the, the pass, I think, was, like, $50, $60, so, like, $120 game. Um, and then of course with the Battlefront 2 it was all the microtransaction stuff um, I was going to look up to see if they actually still had them in the game but I didn't get a chance to do that today unfortunately um, but last time I remember them saying uh, that, that they did so I don't know if they have taken them out or not but they've caused, they've caused so much controversy that I would hope that they have but who knows um, but I mean like uh, lots of people have been saying as well um you know, if this gets ripped away from EA, which it should, and I hope that there's some sort of buyout clause for Disney where they can be like, hey, you know, you're not doing this till 2023, and they have some sort of buyout clause, hopefully. Um, what would you like to see happen with the Star Wars games? Uh, just go to somebody that knows what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't matter who gets it, just as long as it's somebody that's not going to screw it up. Yeah, because I, I tweeted basically um, to say, like, hey, take this away from EA, give it to anyone apart from Konami, because I don't trust Konami to, to handle it. They can't even handle the three franchises they have at the moment. Um, and they'll be, they'll pro- I guarantee <laughs> they'll probably just make pachinko machines of Star Wars games <laughs> if they were given the license. They, they really probably would, because that's what they're doing with uh, Castlevania, Metal Gear, and um, what's the other one, Silent Hill. Um, I did a long time ago, I think it was after the Battlefront 2 debacle, uh, which was 2017, I think that was, end of 2017, yeah, because 2018 was uh, Battlefield 1, and I noted um, four different developers who I'd like to see do a Star Wars game, and I'll put that in the uh, show notes so you guys can go and see that, um, but there is there anyone in particular you think could do a good Star Wars game, or like a certain type of genre that could be done really well? Uh, part of me that is the big, uh, you know, Bethesda fan would love to see them, you know, try to resurrect some of their good, their fan goodwill yeah. with doing a Star Wars game. Um, the people that are coming out with the Outer Worlds, I think, could do it, depending on from what I've seen from that uh, trailer. Now, obviously, we haven't seen a whole lot of gameplay gameplay yeah. with that. Obsidian? But they, yeah. Obsidian, yeah. yeah. But, you know, since Obsidian is owned by Microsoft now, if they did it, I don't know if it'd be on the cross-platform. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if, if Disney did a deal with Microsoft, that would probably make it Xbox exclusive. Um, plus, then Microsoft could actually say, um, like, not just Obsidian, other developers could, could do things with it here and there. What would a Rare game look like? You know, some sort of Sea of Thieves type big adventure sort of thing with, with Star Wars, that might be cool. I mean, like we said, literally anyone apart from EA and Konami. Um, apart from those two, is there any other developers you wouldn't trust to to make it? Uh, I mean, the one developer I wouldn't trust already has the IP, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because there's not anyone else... I mean, Hello Games, I don't really trust them that much, but... Um, yeah, but they would never get it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I'm just thinking of other developers who've recently kind of messed up uh even though they did go back and update no man's sky they still launched really badly um but i think those three ea konami and uh, hello games i wouldn't trust because um, there's a lot of good developers out there that, that would do a really good job um i mean who who's kind of quiet at the moment um rocksteady they haven't said 
much recently. They said that they're not working on a Superman game, so we really don't know what what they're doing. Um, but then they must be in middle of, in the middle of development on whatever they're doing. So if EA went over to them and said, "Do you want to make something?" They'll probably have to finish over the project first, I would imagine. So who knows? Uh, is there anything else you want to say about with this? No, I mean that's pretty much what it is. It's a kind yeah. of a non sequitur at this point. So yeah, I I do hope that we don't have to wait until twenty twenty three for this this deal to end. Because uh, then, like, if the if the contract ends at that point, that doesn't mean we get a new Star Wars game in twenty twenty three. That means the contract ends. That contract goes to someone else, and then they start, and then it would be what twenty twenty um, six or seven, maybe. By by the time a new one comes out, well, you never know. I mean, yeah. uh, um, the uh, the uh, Destiny got away from uh, their overlords two years early, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends what's in the contract between EA and Disney. So we mm-hmm. shall see. Um, cool. So what would you like to talk about this week? Oh, uh, well, we got a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, Anthem is getting ready to come out, so there's that big push for yeah, that game. Of EA. Yeah. Speaking of EA, uh, the client itself is now live across PCs and consoles, although you can't actually play the game yet. Uh, if you're on the PC, it's a 44-gig uh, download. If you're on the console, it's a 26-gig. Uh, there's going to be two demos. The VIP demo, which is for people that pre-order or is an EA or Origin Access subscriber, you'll right. be getting it this weekend. The ones that pay the money, <laughs> basically. It- yeah, but yeah. it's not like that's a bad thing. I mean, right, it's right. it's it's an incentive to pre-order the game is to get you know that early access. Um, if you're like me and you just you're kind of on the fence on the game and you want to wait, the free demo is going to be next weekend uh, at the okay. time of this recording. What day? Uh, is so that? there will be a. Uh, it's like the first of February. Wait, Tuesday's the 29th because that's Kingdom Hearts. Thirtieth, thirty-first. Like, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's like January thirty first is the Saturday, and then uh, February first, I believe, is this. No, February first is the Friday, and the second is the Saturday, so it's going to be that weekend. Okay, cool. Um, uh, you don't your friends uh, don't even have to use the same system. Apparently, there's going to be invites between crossplay, so when you pre-order, you'll get uh, referral friend codes. And then you can give those to friends regardless of the platform, which, you know, is, I guess I didn't see EA do them, but that's still kind of cool that they would actually do that. Hmm. And outside of that, it's just one of those things that, you know, I'm not really, I'm probably not going to buy that game just because between the Division and uh, Destiny, I'm kind of burned out on games like that. But I definitely want to check out the demo right uh, to see what's you're, going on with you're it you're doing uh, overwatch stuff at the moment so that's kind of that's yeah kind of seems like you'll sort of uh jump in and jump out multiplayer game yeah um yeah I, I i look at anthem and i think like okay there should be a good video game there there's not much like you know you're basically iron man but not in marvel <laughs> kind of um but i keep thinking of like okay like when they came out with battlefront 2 and they were like hey we got a story we got the multi-gen multi-gen you know you got the, the three sagas of uh of characters that could be together on one map so you can have like yoda fighting with ray and all those sorts of characters or whatever and uh they said oh we're gonna have like a campaign and all looked very very good and said there's no season pass and everything and then they came out and messed it up with the microtransactions i'm just wondering what they're gonna do with anthem that could mess it up 
So. Never ask that question because if they do something that messes that up, man, is that going to be bad. Yeah. Um. And the thing is as well, like, is even though like you know EA have messed up a lot in the last couple of years, a lot of people like Bioware and they do the Mass Effect stuff and all that. And we don't want to see them shut down, really, because they're c- very capable of making great video games. So, um, but I, I think even them, they need to try and find some way to to get away from EA and get to a new developer, uh, if if that could happen, because they're very capable. You know, like if Microsoft gets them or something. It's, isn't it funny every time now when, uh, like on this podcast and on other podcasts where. Um, people have talked about companies that are ending up being free, so like uh, Bungie and stuff. It, the conversation now I hear is Microsoft can buy them, just because they've been on a buying spree recently. So, uh, but who knows who who Microsoft have kind of got their eye on and stuff? Because um, I'm sure Bioware have probably got some kind of contract with 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 EA or something. I mean, we don't really know. But um, what's your kind of excitement level for Anthem? Well, like I said, I definitely want to play the demo, but odds are I'm not going to buy the game itself. Mm-hmm. It's one that's one of those you just got to let it uh, uh, marinate for a couple three months, let it get its feet wet, and go from there. So, what I'm going to do is uh, rent it. Obviously, um, if it, I'll only do that though if it's got a good sing- if it's got a single player campaign that I can finish. I don't want one of these like. Uh, games a service kind of thing that has a story there but you'll like you know npcs in the world that's not sort of what i'm looking for i'm looking for like a a minimum like a battlefront 2 campaign one that i can finish in like eight to ten hours or whatever and uh go from there because i've no real interest in investing you know 50 hours in the multiplayer for that because like you i have overwatch for that sort of thing um but if it's got a good story and like a decent story and it's got some some good gameplay to it which it does look like it has that looks like its biggest strength um, put them two together and that could make a good game for like 10 hours and I'll play that but then I'll send it back and review it maybe and uh, <laughs> move on to, to a different game so uh, we shall see what, what about if it does have a single player campaign would you be interested in that part I'm, I'd marginally be interested in it you never yeah. know it's one of those things that it just kind of depends because mm-hmm. it's clearly like you know it's a new IP it's a big world here and it must have some backstory which should be interesting so we'll see what they have to offer for that so we'll see. Uh, when does that come out? Is that one of the February fifteenth? Yeah, that's games? one of the okay. February fifteenth to February twenty second games. Yeah, I think there's three of them, isn't there? Metro, Tw- oh, Metro Last Light, uh, Metro Exodus. Yeah, Metro. I think it's Far Cry, and Anthem. Because Rage and Two, Crackdown. Oh yeah, Crackdown as well. Because uh, what was it? what was the other one that that moved? Uh, Rage Two. Did that have a? Something moved. I don't know what moved. Yeah. I think it might have been like Days Gone or something like that. Yeah, Days Gone moved and Skull of Bones, I think, moved. I, I can't remember them changing the, the release date for that. So, a lot of games on February 15th still. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, Days Gone moved to April 25th. And so, uh, we'll see what happens with Anthem. We'll keep an eye on it. And like I said, if it's got a campaign that I can beat, I'll uh, jump in and see what that's like. So, uh, what else would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, the, did you ever play the uh, uh, Dota 2 card game Artifact? Nope, I didn't. Uh, neither did anybody else. It okay. had a rough It had a rough, rough start. I honestly didn't even know it was out. Um, but is the it, numbers are... Is this that card game that was announced at that um, con, or am yeah, I thinking of someone else? This was announced at 2016, and you see Artifact and Valve, and then everybody's like, yay! And then they find out that it's a, a card game. 
and you could literally hear the air coming out of the room. Just like this, the audible deflation of the fan base yeah. on this is I hilarious. I saw a clip of that actually, and when they when they announced it, and the guy said like, "Hey, you guys have phones, right?" And everyone. No, no, this. you're thinking of oh. uh, Diablo being Diablo. on a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. This is different. Okay. But no, it was announced um, at E3 2016 and had that absolutely horrible reception, and then it was. Uh, um, launched a, a couple of months ago, and when I say nobody's playing it, according to Steam charts, at the lowest player count ever, at one point, 1,639 players were online at the same time, okay. which puts it down 97% from its initial launch. So that's, ha- just pu- so that's the percentage of players that have dropped off. Yeah, just imagine that a ninety-seven percent drop-off rate. That is insane. Yeah, well, it's mo- most of your player base. That no, that's say. all of your player base. Yeah, yeah. Well, ninety whatever percent you said. So yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, I often see like Gwent and uh, what's that heart game called? Heart Heartstone. Heartstone. Uh, Heartstone. I often see those two get named when it comes to like card games and stuff. I know there's some others as well that, that are out there, but. Um, yeah, if it's a card game, it's usually me and the rare occasion of the family around the table for, like, a Christmas thing or whatever, and we're playing Uno. That's about the most card-playing stuff that I've ever really done. And granted, I have fun doing that. It's quite fun. Um, apart from when I have the ad, uh, four card, it's my only option to use against my eight-year-old niece. And, uh, that gets her a bit upset. But we've said to her things like, hey, you know, you have to, you have to play fairly. Everyone has to sort of... You know, not avoid, um, was it going easy on a particular player? That doesn't mean you play rough, it means you don't go easy on, on someone. You know what I mean? Like, in, oh, in, I grew up yeah. in a uh, no mercy, no <laughs> quarter mercy. asked, no quarter given card family, so. Yeah. Um, so instead of me going, hey, I haven't got that card, put it down and then, uh, see what she's got. Hey, she might have a plus four card herself, and then whoever's on the other side of that table will, uh, have something to deal with, so. Um, I mean, around that table, we all had to pick up plus four cards at some point, so, you know. Um, but no, what, what's your kind of thoughts on this stuff? What, what's, your, well, uh, what's your card playing um, sort of status, I guess? I played some Hearthstone uh, back in the day when it was, you know, first first coming out. It wasn't a bad game, but it, like any other collectible card game, it was very much chase the popular cards, mm-hmm. um, which I was never a fan of. I did a lot of Magic the Gathering oh, yeah, when, it became, when it came on yeah. Xbox because it was a free game, but it made it really easy to get like card packs. And they didn't have a whole lot of pack packs out, so it was really easy to, to keep up with having, quote-unquote, all the cards. Yeah. But just think about that for a minute, because if, if, if it was only had 1,639 players, and that was down 97%, that means at most it started out with 17,000 players. And that's not a good sign if you can't get 17,000 people on a platform where 90-plus percentage of digital PC sales are actually done. Because, mm. I mean, granted, Bethesda's trying to start their own downloading service, and Origin and EA have their own kind of downloading service. But if you're playing a game on PC, you're pretty much playing it on Steam. Mm-hmm. Or they, Epic in five years when they yeah or Epic in five yeah. years when they completely run everything over. <laughs> but you've right. got you've got let's be 
conservative and say you've got 95% of the PC base and you can't get more than 17,000 people to try your card game. That's that's not good. No, that's not good. So, um, all right, cool. What else do you have to talk about? Well, speaking of Bethesda's, there's been I didn't I kind of saw this last week, but I didn't want to talk about it because I figured it was just a rumor. Okay. Um, in Australia, the the local game store is called EB Games, right? And there's there was a distributor recall for Fallout seventy six for the standard copies, mm-hmm. like the Super Special and the Power Armor editions were still out, but they were actually pulling the other um, ones off of the shelf. And, of course, the rumor mill became the rumor mill. And the favorite go-to rumor was that uh, Fallout 76 was going to go free-to-play. Yeah. Which, if we talked about last week being the season of divorce, that would have been Bethesda being divorced from reality, thinking they still had enough goodwill to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that generated enough of a response from the Twitter team and from Bethesda's official Twitter account stating emphatically that there was no truth to the rumor that the game was going to go free-to-play. Um, I mean, you can still get it at a crazy discount. I've seen it as low as 25 bucks before. And if, you, if you're if you a fan like I am, I've always admitted to being a fanboy to that franchise. Right. If you see it at 25 bucks, it's definitely a $25 game now that they've patched out enough. Um, I'm glad I didn't pre-order it and pay 60 for it because that would have been way overpriced for the game itself. I did get it at 40 and I think that's a bit overpriced. Uh, they definitely have work to do in terms of, you know, repairing that fan relationship. But if you see it oh, like yeah. 25 30 bucks, I'd go ahead and pick it up because I do think it's worth it at that price. Okay. But that there's two different YouTubers that I follow that both did videos about it possibly going free-to-play. That's how strong the rumor mills were. Who were they? The, the two of them? Uh Mr. Matty Plays is one of them, and okay. uh, uh, Jeremy Hambly is the other. Jeremy Hambly. Okay. He has two different channels. He does one that's mostly magic-based called uh, Unsleeved Media. Uh, Unsleeved, obviously the cards go on a sleeve, as right. most pro, pro cool. players. Yeah. And he does one that's more like news-ish based called The Quartering. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, neither channel is like super, super popular, but you know, both I kind of found through uh the fallout franchise which is how i know them so mm-hmm. yeah i mean when i saw this pop up um in one of my notifications it might have been on twitter or youtube and it said uh rumor that you know it's gonna go free to play the first thought that popped in my head was like you've fallen pretty far and then when i saw uh an ig because i'm subscribed to ign news and ign as well for some reason uh well they're kind of separate channels and then it said that it won't go free to play i was like oh, okay the game is like slightly better for, for that i i don't know like i i i have more of an initial thought process when it was possible it would go free to play as opposed to when it was confirmed that it wouldn't um but i can see games like uh maybe sea of thieves and fallout 76 and maybe even something like no man's sky in a couple of years those sorts of games just going free to play um because they, they just don't really have uh as much of the fan base and stuff is that what happened to um battleborn that went. Was that free to play to start with? I can't remember. That's free to play to start. Yeah. Um. But it becoming. I, I looked at those sort of games becoming the state of maybe Battleborn. Um. Uh. But may, maybe in like a couple of years because people still are playing No Man's Sky, Sea of Thieves, and uh, Fallout seventy six. But I just don't see it 
being talked about as being like that popular um, and stuff. And with, like you said, Division and Overwatch and uh, Anthem on the way and stuff uh and you know destiny continuing to to do strong and then you look at pubg and fortnite they're still doing some some good stuff uh i saw an update on the store the other day for a uh, pubg some sort of frost map or, or something i didn't really look at it properly but it was some sort of new map um but yeah some some of these games just don't get into the competition of that and they don't succeed and they do end up going free to play so i think that's what might happen with those three games uh no man's sky fallout 76 and uh what was the other one that i said um, Fortnite? No, not Fortnite. No. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but those games going like free to play. So, um, what do you think might happen? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. So, <coughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it'd be very Bethesda's E3 conference is going to be very interesting because they're going to have to come out and do and do an EA from was it last year when they did the sly sort of apology for the microtransactions and they brought up the charity stuff I can see yeah. Bethesda doing not necessarily in a charity sense but something similar for uh, their game so because they messed up more in a sense of your game just runs terribly and you have bad customer service instead of like you're being really greedy because that was the point of Battlefront because they both messed up but just in different ways so uh, we'll see what happens um, what else have you got to talk about uh, well, the last thing that I have uh, to talk about is a new, fresh story straight from the What the Actual Fuck Department. Oh, is this the surprise thing you talked about? Yeah, because okay. I wanted the um, Swiss game studio Giant Software announced today that it is committing 250,000 euros, approximately $285,000 US, in prize money in the establishment of a new genre of uh, esports uh, competitive gaming. Okay. Uh Try to guess what game is going to be a competitive eSport now. Fortnite? No. It's not Fortnite 76, is it? Nope. Uh, I can't think of what other ones haven't done it yet. Farming Simulator. Huh. Yep. (laughs) Uh, 2018 championship event at FarmCon, an annual meetup for Farming Simulator fans... It's going to revolve mostly around the hardcore players, obviously. Yeah. Seeing who could most quickly grab bales of hay scattered around a field using forklifts and then stacking them on a trailer platform. So, yes, uh, picking up bales of hay with a tractor is going to be an eSport at a farming simulator convention. Just let that roll around in your brain for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is kind of one of those strange things where, like, something that's just surprisingly popular. Like, if if this, like, you know, comes around and is a success and has enough of a big fan base, then it should work. Because, like, even if you're... Let's say you're an indie game like Inside or uh, Celeste or something, and you're... Like, Inside might be a bad example. It was at the E3 stage and everything like that. But if you're, like, one of those smaller little indie games and people just pick you up and word of mouth and and that kind of stuff and people start talking about your product and lots of people jump on, then you'll naturally get more and more popular and, uh, you know, these things kind of happen. It's a bit like with with a footballer if... um, 
what was it? Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the biggest players in the world at the moment, um, was noticed because he played... Uh, I mean, he might have been noticed later, I don't know. But the first game he was noticed was the Man United game uh, where he played for Sporting Lisbon. And I think he scored two goals or, or a goal. And uh, Alex Ferguson, probably the best manager of all time, slightly biased, but probably still true, noticed him and was like, hey, that kid's really, really quite good. And uh, did, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to compare, like, little things that aren't popular that could get picked up and stuff um and this is one of them situations so yeah if it works out best of luck to him but sure farming simulator isn't really something you think of when it comes to three sports so yeah um, i mean it, it is a popular enough genre we had this article yeah. um when we first came back from the break uh, i didn't bring it up because i didn't think about it at the time but uh the farming simulator 2018 sold over a million copies which is impressive in and of, yeah. of uh, itself. Um, so obviously, it's still a popular uh, uh, genre. It just that's not something I would think of when I think of competitive gaming. Hmm. It's funny because I remember when Facebook gaming used to be a little bit bigger, um, and trust me, it isn't it isn't as big as what I think it, it used to be. Um, and they had the thing called was it Farmville? I think that's probably an IRS game and stuff, but. Farming simulator is like on the Switch and stuff, isn't it? And uh, and and consoles, and therefore it's able to get so what I would say a bigger fan base. So it's almost like it's feeding that kind of audience. So um, there's there's people out there that'll enjoy it. So um, yeah, go. that's yeah. actually a, a funny story talking about uh, Facebook gaming. As people know, I travel a lot for my job, mm-hmm. and I was driving back to home base from another state. And I actually drove through a town called Farmville. So there's actually a town in uh, Pennsylvania, in America, called Farmville. Nice. I wonder where they got the name from, if it was that or not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, sure, I'm sure Farmville is an easy enough name to come up with. Maybe somebody knew about it, but... I mean, the town obviously predates, you know, the Facebook page. Right. I I hope. (laughs) Dear God, I hope it predates the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, cool. What else do you want to talk about? That's really all I had. It's been a, a pretty slow news week, so a little bit. Yeah, we're still kind of coming back into the year. Uh, I think Games of Gold and PS Plus should be next week. So we did actually definitely. I mean, we we're almost miss, uh, January's from um, last year because what was it announced like right at the end, and we we we'd gone on a break or whatever. But I know Celeste was one of the games with gold. Um, so if it is still available out there, I can't remember the date for that, but uh, you should definitely pick up Celeste. Uh, if yeah. you want to play that. Did you have any interest in Celeste? I mean, it's part of my library. I might play it at some point oh, if so I get did, another lull. But yeah, well, it's free, so yeah. I think as well. I did it as well. I'm not sure. I have it purchased on my Switch, so I don't necessarily need it on the Xbox. But uh, great game, really good game. Um, we have some feedback. Uh, if you'd like to send in yours, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, uh, Twitter at eTalkUK, and there's the contact page as well, which you can visit. Uh, Joshua says, I know you both did next-gen predictions uh, recently. Uh, I also did break that out as an individual episode on the feed. So if you're subscribed to, well, any of the either the Gaming Talk feed, the website, it's on there anyway, and the uh, main new Entertainment Talk feed, those are on, that's on there as well. Um, I know you both did next-gen predictions, but I'd like to ask you about your updated predictions for Ghost. I think he means Ghost of Tsushima, because he says uh, Ghost, Death Stranding, and Last of Us Part 2. Uh, and what games do you think will launch with PS5? Um, I've seen a lot of podcasts that I listen to 
really debating on like this whole next gen thing and PlayStation Five and like will it be backwards compatible? When will these big three games come out? Um, and that kind of thing. Um, let me ask you a slightly simpler version of. We're still going to answer the guy's question, but um, out of those three games, which one do you think is the the uh, closest that will come out? None of them, really, just because if it was going to come out as a launch title for a next gen, we wouldn't know about it because we don't even know when the next gen is going to come out. Right. So, so there's no point in actually having a next gen title when we don't know when the next gen is going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I mean, at some point there will be a PS5, obviously. Yeah. But as for Microsoft, they've set themselves up to where they're on their last generation. They just have hardware updates. I do think we'll see a new console for Microsoft within the next year. That's probably going to be like a, 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 an Xbox without a disc on it. Yeah, the discless one that we, we talked about. Yeah. yeah. That's probably... I wouldn't be... I'm not going to confirm, obviously, because I don't know that it's going to come out this year. Yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked if one came out this year, just because you know they're they're kind of behind a lot on console sales. They're never going to catch up. But if they get out ahead of the gate and have, hey, it's you know the Xbox One X Plus, and it's a discless version, so it's basically your One X with you know the better graphics and the the 4K everything and all that other bells and whistles stuff. Uh-huh. But they just make it without a disc. And it's cheaper than the Xbox One X is now. That could move some units. I'm not gonna lie to you. That could move mm-hmm. a lot of units. Yeah, especially with how Game Pass would be a primary focus for that kind of stuff. So. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. they can ma- or make it like the same cost, and then get the Game Pass a year for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, which I'm not gonna. That's not gonna be a sell point for me because I bought Game Pass twice for a dollar. And it's at least over here in the states. It's currently on sale again for a dollar, but I'm going to wait till the end of the month to get that, just so I can make sure that uh, I can crack down three as part of the Game Pass and play that for a few days. So if I got it now, I it would time out before then. So um, I think Ghost of Tsushima is the closest. I think Last of Us Two in the middle, and I think Death Stranding is the furthest out. Uh, if I look at what those games will take to make, um, I definitely think that Death Stranding is the furthest out. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, of course I don't know this, but Ghost of Tsushima seems like the slightly easier one to make. And Last of Us 2 has to have, you know, the story continu- con- continuity, and uh, it needs to kind of be a Last of Us 2.0 in terms of, you know, the graphics and the uh, smoothing up the controls and stuff. Uh, granted, I did a top 5 video games list um, that I've played, which I released uh, individually just before the Christmas break. And uh, I won't say where it came because that will spoil the list for you, but it came particularly high in that list. And um, so basically in terms of improving The Last of Us, there's definitely some like next gen type stuff you could do with it. But there's no like direct problems I think that the game has uh, in terms of its gameplay and stuff. Obviously you can improve the story and everything. But um, I I I was I tweeted about this the other day and I did tag Neil Druckmann. He didn't reply or anything. I didn't expect him to. But um, he might have seen the tweet and, and appreciated it. I don't know. But I was—I've been thinking a little bit about Last of Us Two recently, and just I keep uh, thinking back to that E3 uh, gameplay demo and the different animations and stuff, and how good the graphics looked, and some of the interaction of 
when she picks up like the arrows and stuff and I'm really really excited for that game so um and I can't think of too many reasons why it would be bad I could be wrong it could come out and could be terrible but I'm really excited for that game and I remember after E3 uh before Spider-Man came out and I we sort of asked each other our most anticipated games and mine were Last of Us 2 and Spider-Man of course Spider-Man has come out and, and gone um and there obviously will be a second one I'm 99% sure. Um, They'd be idiotic not oh, to make another sure. Spider-Man game. because they've just made a new universe and set up a story and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, well, 100% sure that it'll be a second one. It's probably in development right now. Um, but yeah, Ghost just seems like, you know, the new IP, the sort of the first stepping point for those three games, out of those three games. So it seems like the closest to me. I could be wrong. It could come out uh, last out of those three. Um, we don't know. So... Um, PS5 launch titles, I think you're just going to see, and when I say just, I don't mean it to be like a, a simple thing. I think we're simply going to see like Nia 2, Neo 2, God of War 2, Spider-Man 2, uh, not all as launch titles. He asked, he asked for launch titles. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Horizon 2, whatever the game is going to be called, I think is very likely launch title. I, d- I doubt we'll see Knack 3. No one wants Knack 3, so I doubt we'll see Hey, that. they joked about making a sequel to Knack, and then they got it, so you never know. Uh, it could be an inside joke. I don't know. Um, but as a launch title for PS5, do we really need... Knack 3 isn't going to help move units, so... Uh, unless, you, unless your little your child enjoyed it. I don't know. Uh, you should get them to play Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think Horizon 2 is very likely. Maybe Neo 2. Uh, Nier, I'm not sure. I think that's actually going to go multi-platform. I'm not sure about that. Um, what games do you think could specifically launch with PS5? Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, as you know, I only just got back into the PlayStation universe, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still playing through Horizon Zero Dawn. It's, I'm still trying to relearn the muscle memory for that controller, which... You know, I, I ultimately I just need to play more games on the controller. But mm-hmm. when ninety percent of what I want to play is on both consoles, and I've already got you know friends and all that other fun stuff on uh, the PlayStation side, it's really just the exclusive on the uh, Xbox side. Rather, yeah, it's really just the exclusives that I play on PlayStation. Uh, I really wouldn't be able to answer that unless something like either ghosts or last of us 2 just became too technically problematic in not running optimally on a, even on a ps4 pro right yeah i could see that possibly getting pushed to the next console launch mm-hmm. um really the only thing that's an absolute on ps5 is at a minimum ps4 backwards compatibility they, they have to do that they have to I mean, technically, um, they don't have to, but really they should. would be—they would lose so much market share if they didn't yeah, do it PR because all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I mean, we saw that going through between Xbox uh, 360 and Xbox One, they had so many problems with launch at Xbox One, and they had such a bad attitude about it. There was a lot of people jumping off of Xbox onto PlayStation, yep. and there's absolutely no reason why they wouldn't jump back. Yeah, yeah. If if because um, we have another question that's kind of similar to answering what we've just said about bad launches and stuff but um, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens I, I want to save what I was going to say for, for that question okay. um, but yeah in terms of PS5 launch the only one I can I mean there's new IP in development that we likely don't know about that's very very likely because so, did anyone know about Knack before it was coming out I don't think so So, 
Um, I I knew nothing about the uh, <laughs> Grand Tour game until it popped up on my uh, yeah. new games feed. Yeah. Um, Literally did not hear a single word about it on any level. I mean, like, where's Uncharted? Will we get Uncharted 5 as a launch title? I heard that uh, Naughty Dog opened, I think, like a small new studio to work on Uncharted. What are they doing? Is that going to be a PS5 launch title? Hopefully, likely, maybe. We'll see. Um... But we can almost guarantee that on both sides that there's new IP in development that we have no idea about. So that should be fun. Um, I mean, it's fun all around. Good games are going to be coming out. So that should be good. Uh, Angela says, with all, the, uh, with all the talk about what games Dreams uh, has made, such as Dead Space and PT, what games would you like to see be made in Dreams? Uh, so Dreams is, of course, the Media Molecule uh Project Spark-esque kind of game uh, where you can basically go in and make your own stuff. Uh, and you you can also download levels that people have made and play those and, and that kind of thing. Um, what, what's your kind of feelings on, on Dreams in general? Uh, I've never actually used it, so I really wouldn't be able to answer that question outside of something I've never seen before. It doesn't even have to be good, but it just has to be so unique that it would catch my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, Mirror's Edge was the last game that really did that. Because I mean, I had a lot of problems playing with it, uh, just because with my uh, the way my vision and equilibrium works, I'm not great with first person to begin with. But that whole hyper-fast motion parkouring kind of a thing really kind of threw me for a loop, yeah. and I had a hard time playing through it. But it was just such a completely unique, never-before-seen kind of a game that it, I had to at least try. Um, so anything that could really be just completely different, those are the game changers. I mean, Portal was completely different than anything else. Yeah. And that was a student project, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at, at one point, you know, first-person shooters were brand new. Um, and at one point, you know, turn-paced Turn-based RPGs that were, you know, 3D isometric were uh, brand new. So every genre that we take adv- take, you know, for granted now at some point was just like a completely new revolutionary thing. Yeah. And so I just like to see that, just something yeah. completely out of the box. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, I mean, in terms of, I'm going to spin my answer a little bit because I I would like to see because they did Mario Maker didn't they where you could kind of make your own levels or play certain levels I'm not 100% sure how that worked um, but I'd like to see a Crash Bandicoot where fans are making their own levels and like using assets from the games you know uh, boxes and lasers and different enemies and you can put them where where you want uh, of course you'd have to set it up to a point where you could pass the level because I could see a player um, if that wasn't in place, a player could mess it up potentially where you've put an enemy too close to a laser and Crash literally can't get past. Yeah, well, um, that's actually one of the requirements for Mario Maker is that you have to beat the level yeah. before you can submit it. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see if someone can do that in Dreams, that would be really cool. But um, I'd like to see a, if, if you will, Crash Bandicoot Maker. Where, because um, then it doesn't have to be a case where I'm waiting for Crash Bandicoot 4, uh, as much as I'd still very much want that game, obviously. Because um, it could be a weekly thing of like, hey, here's the top levels of this week, and I would, I would obviously jump in every week and and play the new ones. Uh, that'd be that'd be really good. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's cool that games like Dead Space, which are probably never going to get another game, PT obviously cancelled and dead because of what happened there. Uh, it's really cool that people are able to go in and make them so- those sorts of things. Um, I just hope that nobody gets sued for for anything, if that's possible. It depends what the 
license is or, or whatever. You know, those things can kind of be tricky. So, because um, we don't want, like, uh, someone to make PT and then Konami to be like, hey, you have to delete that or whatever. So, we'll see. Um, but no, it's cool that people are making really good stuff in there. And I've heard a lot of good things from the, uh, the beta in terms of that as well. Hannah says, what can you see happening next gen that would be bad? Uh, who has been the who has the potential to mess up the most next gen? Um, I do think PlayStation does because if they came if they come out and they say, hey, PS5 doesn't play any previous gen versions of games, but look, we have four exclusives this year, and then Microsoft comes out and says, hey, these developers that we've brought, you know, Ninja Theory, Obsidian, etc., come out and say, hey, we've got this new exclusive, this new exclusive, this new exclusive, and hey, guess what? You can still play. A backwards compatible stuff through the Game Pass that would put Microsoft in an admittedly much better situation. So, I mean, the ball's in Sony's court in terms of that because all they really kind of have to do, I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of these things, but all they kind of have to do is set themselves up to where it uses the same, I guess, assets or, or processor thing, or whatever, to be able to play PS4 games. So, I still don't understand the fact that, um, the PS3 can play PS1 games, but the PS4 can't. But the Vita can, and it's it's the case of the uh, PS Cla- the PS Classic Store, um, having those games on there. So I don't know why they they won't put on the PS4. I don't understand, but because um, you can you can play some PS2 classics on PS4. So I don't know what happened. I guess they decided to make PlayStation now when they thought that that would work. So, but that doesn't have PS1 games on it either. So I don't understand what they did. Um, what do you think could happen in terms of, uh, people messing up for next gen? Hello? Sorry about that. Uh, for, for the next gen of people messing up, Sony's definitely got the most to worry because Mm -hmm. they've been so successful with, uh, PS4 in terms of just console sales that it's, their hubris is really easy just to bite them in the ass and we've already saw that, which we've talked about several times with their last E3 conference. Yeah. And just, you know, we're so successful that we can do a game trailer, make everybody walk from one biz- one building to a completely different building to watch a bunch of other tra- trailers and just act like completely pretentious tossers. Mm. Um, then there's... I, truly believe that part of the reason why they're not doing E3 this year is just to give people a chance to forget the last E3 that they were doing. And, you know, if they still come at, you know, with everything, with the the hubris of, oh, we're the best, oh, we can't be stopped, oh, we're untouchable, that's what's going to bite them in the ass more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And they have the opportunity to change that for PS5, but like, like you said, they could go down the worse path, so... Yeah, and we already saw Microsoft do that with the the Xbox launch and Don Matrick and what's yeah. he been doing lately? Who's when's the last time you've heard from him? It's been a while. It's been a while. So yeah, um, but yeah, if they if PlayStation come out and pull a Connect, basically, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be in some trouble. So the ball's in both of their courts, and Nintendo will obviously just do their own thing anyway. So um, yeah, I I really do hope. I, I was thinking the other day, I really do hope that Sony's sitting back and being like, okay, backwards compatibility, we've got to sort this out, name changes, we've got to make sure that, that works, um, and uh, yeah, cross-play, we've got, got to keep like diving in, diving in there and stuff like they have with Fortnite, and uh, what was the other game? Uh, Rocket League, that we talked about last week, um, but I think backwards compatibility 
is really the big thing that they've they've got to look at. And they've got a massive library of um, previous gen games. The PlayStation One, Two, Three, and Four. There's so many games available through that through those systems. So yeah, and uh, the PlayStation Classic has just been an utter and colossal flop. Yeah, unless you hacked uh, it. <laughs> well, unless you yeah. hacked it, but in terms of like actual sales, sales. Oh, it's Nobody's really buying yeah. it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, they need to avoid pulling a PlayStation Classic, so we'll see. Um, alright, I think that's all we have for you this week. Uh, some, some good stuff to talk about, we'll obviously have more for you guys next week, and hopefully we'll have some, uh, games of Gold and PS Plus. That's another thing they got to sort out, what they're actually doing with, uh, PS Plus, so. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting when they get rid of, like, the PS3 and the Vita games, mm-hmm. and they're only gonna do PS4 games for the, uh, PS Plus. Yeah. I think they should, in a dream scenario, they have, I think, where um, you continue to have PS4 games. You can't really have PS5 games from the start, because there just won't really be enough of them. I mean, you can't give Last of Us 2 as a PS Plus game, can you? Um, But uh, I think PS5, obviously, they have to leave that off there for a little while. PS4 games, they'll still continue to have, because there's a bunch of them. But it'd be really cool if they could add, like, the PS1 classics as part of Plus, and the VR games as well. Um, the VR is the most likely. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the PS1 games, they'd have to do backwards compatibility on it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you can... I haven't been in the store in a while, so I don't know if you can actually buy PS1 games in the PS4 store. You can't. No. No. Uh, that's why I got the PS3. Yeah. Um, which you can't directly go to. You have to search for individual titles, but then... Whatever. If you want it as much as I wanted it, then you'll you'll go get it, I suppose. But uh, yeah, they need to look at PS Plus as well because I mean they've got no sort shortage of old games to give away in that section. PS2 games as well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if you want to find the rest of the content that we do, uh, entertainmenttalk.org, of course. Uh, if you would again like to write in Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter at etalkuk is the same for Instagram, and there's the contact page which has <coughs> all of the options for you to submit questions and comments and concerns and and any of those any of those sorts of things uh, that you want to talk to us about in terms of video games or any of the other shows that we do as well, of course. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, there's a few options. Patreon.com forward slash Entertainment Talk, that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. iTunes, if you are subscribed to some of the feeds, you might not be subscribed to all of them. Uh, but the ones that you are subscribed to, please do rate and review them, that will get help us That will help us get shown in the charts as well. Uh, word of mouth, the easiest way to support us, uh, just tell your friends, family, share the links on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, like them copy and paste and post them in different places or different groups uh tell your friends and family of course about the website and the itunes feeds that will help us to get shown as well amazon affiliate link as we've mentioned amazon of course in this episode with the grand tour game and stuff uh you can shop on amazon we'll get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra either so that's great right support us as well uh video games if you'd like to watch me robert or david play different video games of course i've been streaming some psvr stuff as well Lately, um, me and David got Twitch streaming channels. Robert's got one on Mixer as well. Oh, there was a podcast I forgot to mention. I think it was last week I did uh, a podcast with Bex. Uh, if you're not familiar with who she is, uh, she does a channel called uh, Trista Bites. I did put a link in the uh, show notes for that episode uh, for her YouTube channel. And she's also one of the rotating guests on Geek Town as well. Of course, Geek Town is David's uh, weekly podcast. He rotates the guests. One of them is me as well. Um, so yeah, you can check out that podcast as well. We talked about the Runaways, three uh, percent, and some other stuff as well. Are you are you watching uh, Runaways this season? You know, it. I've seen commercials for it whenever I'm on Hulu, but um, 
it doesn't interest me just on how they're marketing it. Okay. Because at least over here on the States, they're marketing it as the OC with powers. Uh, um, OC is a, a Orange County in California, and it was a terrible, terrible, like, we're better than you, elitist, super rich people TV show. So that's not exactly the best endorsement for me to watch a TV show. Hmm. Now, I'm, it might be completely, completely different from that, but that's how they're marketing it as a way to get people into it. So, Cool. Um, yeah, I'm watching this season. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, there's a new episode out today, so I'll watch that later. Uh, but yes, that's everything for this week. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you uh, next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.